Hi, everyone. Welcome to Better Together, an As We podcast. For future reference, As We, as in A-S-W-E, stands for the Alzheimer's Society of Windsor and Essex County. This podcast will feature engaging conversations with guests ranging from community leaders to care partners and persons living with dementia to raise awareness about this disease. You're listening to Better Together and As We podcast, and this is our very first episode. My name is Cindy Keogh, and I'm joined today by Sally Bennett Olzak. Sally is the CEO of As We, and she has graciously accepted my invitation to speak with me today. Sally, I'm so excited to have you as our very first podcast guest. Thank you, Cindy, and I'm delighted to be with you. <laughs> Sally and I will be discussing how the Alzheimer's Society came about and where the organization is headed. This in-depth conversation is meant for you to gain perspective about our programs and services, as it is the 40th year of As We operating within the community. So Sally, going from there, it is our 40th year operating in the community. Um, I would love our listeners to know uh, essentially a day in the life of a CEO at the Alzheimer's Society. Oh my, <laughs> I guess my first thought there, Cindy, is no two days are alike, which makes the, this life of service uh, invigorating and exciting on any given day. Um, I can be anywhere in the community of Windsor and Essex, of course. I can visit our caregivers at times. I do visit our caregivers at times in their homes. Uh, more recently, I find myself visiting them on their front lawns. I travel with a chair in the back of my, my vehicle so that uh, we can distance but still see each other. Um, I can be at people's bedsides, whether they, be, whether they reside in a long-term care home or in hospitals. And um, because we deal with dementia and death and dying, I certainly find myself often at funeral home visitations and at funerals. I can be in our office here in our beautiful home in Walkerville, and I'm there often on the phone, on Zoom calls, and meeting with team members like you here in our boardroom, our auditorium, in various offices serving the community. And certainly I'm on calls uh, with our local colleagues, other care partners, uh, calls regionally, especially through COVID, provincially and sometimes nationally as well. So out and about and in all places, under far more normal circumstances, of course, there are fundraising events out and about in the community here at the Alzheimer's Society and different functions uh, and, and business meetings, care business meetings around the community. That sounds like a very, very, very busy position. I, I honestly do not know how you do it. You, you bounce back from going in person to going out into the community. Um, how has it been for you uh, navigating through this virtual world during this pandemic? <laughs> well, as you know, Cindy, setting me up for today's <laughs> talk, I'm not the most tech person. I'm not a disaster either, but uh, not, not too, too bad. It has been a very challenging year to say otherwise would be a mistruth, of course. <laughs> You'll see I'm looking a, a little weary and perhaps a little aged over the last year, um, for which certainly I, I, I make no apologies. Those of us who have served throughout, particularly in healthcare, and as COVID has um, ravaged seniors across the world, and certainly persons living in long-term care and retirement homes. We've lost so many clients. Um, it's been a very difficult time. We lost many clients in the, in the first wave, but 
many clients in the second wave in January and February. So there's been a, an enormous amount of grief and loss, uh, losing our clients and caring for our caregivers. So it's a, a very, very difficult time. I'm hoping that this um, there's an end to this all soon um, and everybody gets their vaccination and we can all reconnect in person because um, I think that we could all appreciate that very much. Um, so what led you to this position um, at the Alzheimer's Society? Oh, that's a long convoluted story, <laughs> Cindy. I graduated from the University of Windsor with a master's degree with a focus on international relations um, back in the late 80s, early 90s. That'll, that'll age me. I'm 54 years of age. And I, I thought at that point in my life, after I lived in for a year in our sister city, Fujisawa, Japan, that I might like to go into the foreign service, but through a complex series event, of events that didn't happen, and, uh, and for which I'm grateful, quite frankly, I ended up working for the corporation of the city of Windsor out of the then CAO's office for a year or so as a management intern, and then went over to Huron Lodge Home for Seniors. And Huron Lodge, as you may know, is the city-owned and operated long-term care home, lovely home and continues to be to this day. And um, all municipalities in Ontario are required to own and operate a long-term care home, which you, which you may know. Mm -hmm. So I was an employee of the public service, but working in, in the home for seniors with long, uh, in a long-term care home. Absolutely the last place I expected to be. <laughs> I thought I might go into the foreign service, but I was glad that I had a public administration and public policy background in Canadian politics and government. They have certainly served me well over the years in terms of my studies uh, at the University of Windsor. And I served uh, for a time on the board of directors here at the Alzheimer's Society. Mm -hmm. And um, during my time at Huron Lodge, really, I, I fell in love with, with seniors and caring for seniors. And more importantly, working with all of the clinicians doctors and registered nurses and registered practical nurses and PSWs and dietary and environmental services staff, all the people who do the real work, I often say, and learned so much from them in those early years. And I, I loved serving on the board of directors here. At a point in time, the, the formal leadership position of the, the paid operational staff came open. And I evaluated at the time whether I thought my um, skill sets might apply well there. So I resigned from the board of directors, which needed to happen. The CEO reports to the board of directors, of course, yeah. stepped back and put my application in. And in late 2002, I was offered and very graciously accepted the position with a great deal of, of humility as a much younger person, almost 20, 20 years ago, stepping into the role. So you've all, you've been in this position almost twenty years now. Um, It'll be nineteen this October, and I spent uh, eight or so years at Huron Lodge. So, I've I've spent uh, well about as long as you've been alive, young Cindy, <laughs> uh, serving seniors from my youth and now my mid years. <laughs> That's amazing. Nineteen wait almost nineteen years here at the Alzheimer's Society. So you know a little bit. Um, or a lot about the background and the history of the Alzheimer's Society and how it came about. Um, could you give us a brief description about how the Alzheimer's Society came about, the founders, um, Marilyn and uh, George? Hmm, absolutely. So I'm going here from storytelling 
from many people who might have been my age or older when I came in, not too much older than the age you're at right now, going back in the 40 year history of the Alzheimer's Society of Windsor and Essex County. But um, as the story goes, there was a lack of services and certainly a lack of understanding of what dementia, Alzheimer's disease was back in the late 70s and early 80s. And the story is that some members of our community sat down around a kitchen table and decided that we needed services in our community. And officially the founders of the organization are the now late, were the now late Mrs. Marilyn Brown Skinner and Mr. George Sims. And I'm sitting here in our boardroom at our Walkerville site looking at, uh, at the late George and Marilyn, some beautiful pictures that you're aware of that we have here that honor them. Mm -hmm. And they and some other community members applied for a provincial and I believe it was the Ministry of Community and Social Services at the time, a grant to get some funding to get some services started. And as the story goes, an executive director was hired. The first executive director was Nancy Musson, who was a colleague of mine years later at Huron Lodge, lovely woman. And um, she was located with a, another team member, if memory serves me, at the Red Cross building at Giles and Olette. So that is the southeast corner of Giles and Olette. The building is no longer there. Mm -hmm. It's a vacant lot, I think, right now. But those of us a little older, live longer in the community would remember it. And they shared a couple of desks and a couple of phones and started uh, working to serve the community in terms of educating people, people in need, dealing with dementia in their family or their friends, and information and referral for services in the community. And more applications for funding occurred, and the society grew. Eventually, we moved. To the, we were officially incorporated in 1986, wow. but 1981 is when services started. Yeah. So we have always used 1981 as the benchmark, the official articles of incorporation, which I showed you recently, yeah. which are in my office and safely preserved in a fireproof box, of course, were from December 15th, I believe, maybe the 16th of 1986. We moved over to University Avenue, 1010 University Ave West towards the university. And uh, we moved there. And then in 1995, the organization moved to Lozon Road. I'm trying to remember the address. I think it's 241 Riverside, 241 Lozon Road, right off Riverside Drive. So south of Riverside Drive. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be north, Cindy, because north would be in the river. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, there's a beautiful red brick building there, which is the old Riverside Town Hall prior to Riverside amalgamating with Windsor in 1966. So we were in there and occupied part of that building from 1995 till 2008. I think I have my numbers straight there. We purchased our current Walkerville site where we are now, where I'm speaking to you from where you are right now in 2008. And we purchased this beautiful building, which was the former St. Anne's Church in June of 2008, moved in in September. No, took possession in September, did some renovations through October, November, and opened the doors December 1st, 2008. So we've now been here for, what is my math? 
we're in our 13th year here, I believe. And when did the um, building uh, become paid off in what year? We fundraised $1.1 million for the purchase of this building and this property mm -hmm. for 2008 to 2011. It was a three-year project with some very dynamic community leaders at the helm, Dave Cook, Ron Pronger, Bob Reno, and many other people, countless, who supported us. We raised $1.1 million. So it took three years for the commitment of the $1.1 million. And we paid the mortgage off in about six years time, full out, free and clear. Wow, that's amazing. Well, what's more amazing, Cindy is, and again, you're a little too young to remember this, but uh, that was the height of a recession. The wow. markets crashed in October of 2008. In November of 2008, we announced publicly at Walkerville High School here with the use of their beautiful library and the media there and our group of community supporters for the Alzheimer's Society that we were going to launch our first ever capital campaign <laughs> and fundraise $1.1 million. And many people were not employed in the community at the time and struggling. And the labor unions, business leaders, and private citizens donated from five and $20 to us up to $150,000 to fundraise the $1.1 million. A remarkable accomplishment mm -hmm. for the organization at our around 30-year mark. We announced at our 30-year anniversary dinner that year at the Chichero Club that we had just passed the 1 million mark and we had less than $100,000 to go. I remember that evening. And um, we have always said that we have every faith that the community of Windsor and Essex County will support us at all times, and particularly in our times of need, as in the last year of, of COVID, we're at the one year mark this week. The community always wraps its collective arms around us, has never let us down for our clients that we so lovingly serve daily. I was just gonna say, it's remarkable how um, our community always pulls through for, you know, uh, in times of need, especially during this pandemic. Um, and it shows through our virtual campaign that we just had with the Imagine Gift campaign. I was blown away. I'm still blown away from the support that we received from the community, which is, it's amazing. Um, just, it just shows you how much the community will support and love each other and, and just give when they don't have much to give. Well, really that comes down to social capital, if you're familiar with the term. Yeah. And that's uh, the Alzheimer's Society of Windsor and Essex County has enormous social capital. That those are the citizens of the community from all walks of life that, that we serve and work with. Citizens volunteer, they donate, they support us, advocate for us. And we have a 40 year legacy at this, this point in time. Um, really the dream as you know, when you and I chatted about this recently, the, the dream is to close down. I would be delighted that a cure is found. And, a, and our motto, as you know, for many years has been help for today and hope for tomorrow. I think at no time has that been more pertinent since the time that our founders founded the organization in the late 70s, early 80s, and now the last year of COVID. Help for today, but hope for tomorrow mm -hmm. as we move forward through COVID in our community. But really, once a cure is found, 
wouldn't it be great to shut the building down, hand the keys over to somebody else? Yeah. And you would love for you to be the CEO when it does shut down, right? <laughs> Absolutely. If it was tomorrow, I think I'd be the happiest person in the world, along with everybody in the community. We are, the Alzheimer's Society is a public trust. Mm -hmm. So when I walk through the halls here and you walk through the halls and, and all of us too, I always call this the Alzheimer home supported by the Alzheimer family. The Alzheimer Society is as much yours as it is mine, as our clients, persons with dementia, their, their partners in care, donors, volunteers, the young people attending Walkerville High and St. Anne's French Catholic Immersion School across the road. We are a public trust and it's a great honor to, to be here and continue to work with with everyone for our clients. They are at the center of our thoughts with all that we do. Mm -hmm. That just gave me goosebumps. I just want to, oh. I just want oh. to tell you that, yeah, that, that absolutely <laughs> gave me goosebumps you saying that. Um, since our programs um, started essentially 40 years ago, how yes. have they evolved? And can you just talk a little bit about our programs and services that mm -hmm. we have here? Mm -hmm. Well, we've had a day program from way back when, as I understand things. We used to run a day program at um, Huron Lodge, uh, when Huron Lodge was at Tecumseh and, and Huron Line. So clients would, would come and, and visit there in their activity room, and our staff was there, so partnering with the public sector at, at Huron Lodge. And we've had day programs here. We do at our Walkerville home now. Uh, back at Huron Lodge, the new Huron Lodge now on Cabana, Daybreak at the Lodge. We have a, a separate entrance in our, in our program there, again, in partnership with our, our friends and colleagues at Huron Lodge. And we've had day programs in Cottom, in Amherstburg, out in the county, um, and different places in, in the community, the west side of Windsor, a couple of sites over the years. And day program is, of course, a social model program. People with dementia come for the day have social activities, healthful food, conversation and, and fellowship, activation, mental and physical stimulation throughout the day. So that program has gone on pretty much since our inception. We've also run an in-home respite program since the early 1990s, I believe 1991. I'd have to check the records on that, but our, our records from way back when, people who long precede our time here, show that we were the first dementia-specific respite program in Canada. <laughs> so I can't quite verify that if someone took me to task, but so, so the legend goes. Um, and I'm a believer in sharing of stories and passing on history verbally, which is part of many cultures around the world and in Canada. I believe that to be true. So we're very proud of that. We have our first link program, People call from the community if they, they feel they may need a diagnosis or they have a diagnosis of dementia. So we are the first link. They link in with us for information and referral. They may want to join our programs. They may choose to hear from us about other programs in the community and avail themselves of those. We have the Memory Cafe that you're well familiar with. Yeah. A study site at Ojibwe Nature Center under normal circumstances and out at uh, the Kingsville Community Center as well, where people come and share a cup of coffee. If they want to talk about dementia or ask for information, they may. If not, doesn't need to be discussed. It's a, it's a safe space for fellowship, 
coffee, card games, puzzles, what have you, information sessions, guest speakers, as perhaps a first link in with the Alzheimer's Society. We have education and support programs, support groups for caregivers of persons with dementia. Our daughters group is legendary at this point. It's been running for many years. Daughters, daughters-in-law, nieces, granddaughters in that sort of daughter-like role caring for someone with dementia. And the women really wrap their arms around each other and have amazing support. And we have those in various locations in the city and the county. We of course serve all of Windsor and Essex County. That is our catchment area. So our, our information sessions, caregiver support in home respite can be in the southern part of the county, in, in Leamington, can be here in Windsor, Tecumseh, Amherstburg, LaSalle, Lakeshore, throughout the whole city and the county, and has been throughout. This is amazing. We So at the Alzheimer's Society, we offer a wide range of programs and services, and we cover a large area as well, um, as best as we can. Um, I want to touch base back when um, to the Daybreak program and how we have it located at here in Lodge and how you used to work there and how everything comes full circle. Um, our founder, Marilyn Brown uh, Skinner, she was a founder and then you told me something interesting about her as well. That's right. Sadly, at times we find that uh, volunteers, staff members who provide service to us at a later time in life perhaps find themselves on care with us as a, as a client. Mrs. Brown Skinner, um, her, her first husband, Mr. Brown, they thought had dementia. And I can't remember if Mrs. Brown's husband in the end didn't have dementia or Mr. Sims, our other founder, his wife didn't have dementia. I know one of the two in the end did not receive a diagnosis and one did. Mm -hmm. But again, that's going back 40 years where dementia was far less understood than it is these days. But uh, Mrs. Brown was caring for her husband who had dementia, it appears, at that point in time. But later in life, after she had sadly lost her first husband, she remarried to Mr. Jim Skinner, who was a friend of the society until his final days. He's passed in very recent years. Mrs. Mrs. Brown Skinner was diagnosed with dementia and came on care with us and received in-home respite. And the family was public about that. And that's why I can speak about this at this point in time. So our founder, one of our two founders in the end had dementia, was a client of ours and passed of dementia. Absolutely heartbreaking for all of us who loved Mrs. Brown Skinner so well. Wow. When you told me that, I, I, I it was new news to me and um... I'm so happy that she was a part of our history um, mm -hmm. and it's something that we can share to the public because as I'm doing all of these public trainings and education, I know for a fact now that dementia does not discriminate. Um, and, it, and it's, it's interesting you say that if you look just over above me a little bit here, we have our mission statement on our, our wall and we had talked about this earlier, our mission to alleviate the personal and social consequences of Alzheimer's disease and their dementias. And we have famous people here who have passed of dementia. And Margaret Thatcher was the prime minister of the United Kingdom in the 1980s. And she passed ultimately of dementia. And of course, Muhammad Ali, who needs no introduction, uh, had Parkinson's later in life. You'll remember him lighting the uh, Olympic torch and um, 
the physical signs and symptoms of Parkinson's were so uh, visually obvious at, at that point in time. Um, yes, dementia does not discriminate. And Ronald Reagan, just have Ronald Reagan's picture, picture here, president of the United States at the same time, roughly that Margaret Thatcher was the president, prime minister rather of the United Kingdom, also had dementia and probably had dementia for 20 or more years and probably had early dementia as his family shared while he was in office as president of the United States of America. Wow. So indeed, it does not discriminate. You make a great point. And I, I know you're out and about in our community creating a dementia-friendly community for Windsor, Windsor, Essex, Cindy. So I want to acknowledge that as part of our programs too. Uh, we get out and about, you to get out and about and educate people in their, their offices, their faith communities, and um, how we can be more dementia friendly. So that's an exciting program that we have underway and had a lot of uptake and participation in the city and the county in the past couple of years. Thank you, Sally. <laughs> <laughs> So now that we know a little bit about um, the history of the Alzheimer's Society, um, what are some of the plans for the society as we know it, it's expanding and, and we ultimately want to um, grow uh, or, or it is growing right now? Mm -hmm. So we have an estimated population of 8,066 persons approximately with dementia, diagnosis of dementia in Windsor and Essex at that, this point in time, that number is expected to double in about a generation. So if you call a generation 20 or 25 years, so looking ahead to 2040 or so, we may have 15, 20,000 people with dementia. Mm -hmm. So the need is there. Dementia continues to grow and our population as a whole continues to age. We have fewer and fewer young people in Canadian society. So the zero to age 15, so birth to age 15 group is a smaller percentage of overall society now than, than senior citizens. And that statistic, that demographic flipped uh, a couple of years ago, we are aging. And, and thus our federal immigration policy to bring new Canadians in on a regular, regular basis and to keep our, our society growing, our birth rate is, is, is quite low, less than, I think it's 1.6 children per woman, and you need 2.1 children per, per woman birth rate to maintain your population. So population would decrease otherwise. The population that we do have continues to age, age being the greatest determining variable mm -hmm. for dementia, if that all makes sense. <laughs> yes, no, it really does. Thank you. So there is a need for our services, sadly so, until such time that we find that cure, of course, and we're going to close down. So plans for the future, that sets the stage there. Our board of directors at this point in time is uh, giving due consideration to whether or not we need a, a new physical space for the organization, perhaps a new build in the city and or the county. So that is officially on the table and we're working with an architect at this point in time to consider that and associated fundraising. Nothing has been determined yet. No final decisions have been made, but that is public information. And the board's been working on that for, for a few years now. So we're quite excited on that. Our programs, which you've referenced and we've discussed a, a few minutes ago, continue to grow and evolve. 
We are always constructively looking at our programs, how we can do better, and hearing the voices of our clients in terms of how we can serve them better. So program evolution and development. We recently had a newly revised strategic plan. Ted Volks and Associates worked with our board of directors and many key stakeholders, about 100 stakeholders were consulted in the community, our clients, staff, volunteers, other community partners, donors, uh, students were brought in, people were asked to give input. So we have a new reinvigorated strategic plan that's on our website. So we're working to continue to operationalize that. We're also looking at things in the COVID environment. And as we go forward with COVID, that's going to have impact on our, our programming and how things may look different, i.e. distancing in our our day programming, personal protective equipment and, and things of that nature. We are looking at becoming accredited as well. So we're hoping to have that gold seal of approval over the coming couple few years as well. So possible new build, accreditation, strategic plan, perhaps arguably most importantly at all times, program evolution and, and service to our clients. We have much on much on the working agenda at this point in time. And I, I know our board of directors, the staff team, volunteers, everyone working together is so excited as we move forward to serve our community. Wow, those are all exciting things to look forward. Um, I, I honestly can't wait to see um, where the society uh, is in the next couple of years. Um, of course, we do hope for a cure until then, um, but this is all amazing news. So my last question for you, oh, did you want to say something? I did. There's one thing I forgot, and Peggy Winch wouldn't be happy with me. Peggy, of course, is our manager <laughs> of fund development and community engagement. We continue to engage our community with public education and awareness at all times. January Awareness Month, September World Alzheimer's Day, and of course, you've referenced earlier our, our matching gift campaign. Peggy continues with our team and some key people on that team, yourself being one of them, of course, uh, to fundraise. And our, our fundraising efforts each year support our programs and services. We are funded through the province of Ontario, through, through our local LIN, Local Health Integration Network, Ontario Health, for our programs. But we fundraise a significant sum of money each year as well. And lots of events and activities and and donations, of course. So those efforts continue to always be under the microscope, how we can do better, fundraise more. And we have a planned giving committee of our board of directors, two very dynamic members of our board, Arvind Arya, Marty Benito, with Peggy leading the way there, and myself for estate planning, for people to look very seriously at their estate and the, leaving a legacy for the Alzheimer's Society to support us. So that's another area we continue to grow and evolve. Well, uh, and there's also there, a, a new campaign that's gonna be uh, coming up too. I don't wanna say too much about it, but it involves our young community. So I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> Maybe having 40 young people support our 40th birthday year. <laughs> I think it's gonna happen. <laughs> it seems well, like you're in that demographic there. You might fit in, Cindy. <laughs> 
I'm already um, I'm already a part of this committee, and I'm, I'm I'm working out the details as we speak with our our group. So I'm really excited about this. Like the the, the point of um, me wanting to launch this podcast is to spread awareness about dementia. And um, I learned this past summer while doing uh, fundraising events that a lot of people my age, I'm 28, <laughs> still don't know what dementia and Alzheimer's disease is. Uh, they don't know what the Alzheimer's Society of Windsor-Essex does for the community. Um, so I just feel like I have so much to share about our, our programs and services and, and all the great work that my coworkers and you do. So I'm so happy that you're sitting on this uh, podcast with me because um, it's, I, I just feel like I need to spread the word about, about this awful disease. You're a wonderful ambassador there for us, and we're very aware we need to look to youth. We have two young members under age 30 on our board of directors, young people on our staff team, of course, like yourself, uh, people even younger than yourself on our staff team who are dynamic contributing members caring for our clients. And we have a lot of um, relationships throughout the year in terms of fundraisers, education and support with the University of Windsor, St. Clair College, uh, universe, um, private colleges rather, and also high schools and even elementary schools as well. So we are aware we need to bring through the generations. We have about four generations of people engaged, the, the very young, youth, mid-years and seniors, of course, all working for the public trust that is the Alzheimer's Society. And uh, your energies there are, are well appreciated. We're excited about that 40th youth engagement. <laughs> I am too. So lead, <laughs> leading from that, the name of our podcast is Better Together. From your perspective, what does that mean to you? Oh, Better Together is everything. The Alzheimer's Society is no one person or even small group of people. It is all of us, the citizens of Windsor and Essex County, and all of our professional partnerships, our faith communities, our beautiful neighborhood here in Walkerville, our partnership with Huron Lodge, of course, friends in the county, organizations that let us use their, their conference rooms, private sector, public sector, uh, the unions, we are better together. That's awesome. Um, thank you so much, Sally, for taking the time out of your busy day to do this podcast with me. I feel so grateful for your time and for your willingness to share your abundance of knowledge uh, with all of our listeners today. I've learned a lot. Um, I would love for us to finish this podcast with some rapid fire questions. These five questions are random and will allow our audience to get to know a little more about you. And there are no wrong answers. Are you ready? No. <laughs> I'm excited to hear your answers. I'm holding the table here, Cindy. What are you about to do? <laughs> Question number one. What book would you recommend someone to read to improve their general knowledge of the world? Oh, my. What a big question. And I think you know why I asked you this question. Something about finances. Oh, okay. Well... May I share that? Yes, because I found it to be very helpful. <laughs> well, there are two books written by a Canadian author, that, and they go back a number of years now, 25 or 30 years, The, the Millionaire Next Door and The Wealthy Barber. Um, they're great books when you, when you launch, whether it be in your teens, 20s, or, or even later in terms of the workforce and your personal finance. Uh, pay yourself first is one of the lessons. Uh, 
live, live less than you can afford to live. Um, also, I would suggest give a portion as you're able to charity, support the community, and you can set yourself up, uh, set yourself up well financially. Um, the, the theme there is you don't have to earn huge sums of money to still live well. It's really about planning and setting your goals and, and your values. And uh, one, one little bit of advice that I gave to you, be, being mindful, I'm a generation ahead of you here, is a piece of advice when I was reading those books as a much younger person around your, your age a number of years ago, uh, I read, do not, don't, don't chase money, so to speak. Um, do what you love to do in life and, and money will find you. Money in the sense of security and wellness in life more appropriately. And indeed, I really do feel that's the case. And, and for you, Cindy, I see a person vigorous with lots of vim and good energy and goodwill in, in what you do. And um, when I've spoken to university classes and, and young people, I tend to speak along these lines. Follow your passions in life. It is mm -hmm. the best way to approach life. Wow. Woo, that's, that's, that's a lot to take in right there, Sally. Thank you. Um, number two, what's the best thing that happened to you this month? Ah. Well, um, our staff team here, those who were able and willing, were vaccinated last week on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I feel incredibly blessed for our staff team. It makes our staff team much safer as individuals, as a collective, and as we serve people with dementia, most of whom are seniors, some of whom are younger than seniors age, but most of whom have comorbidities as well. They have many health challenges occurring simultaneously and their care partners often living in the same home with them. Um, we, are, we are safer in terms of the coronavirus having had that first vaccination. Uh, I would like to thank the Windsor Regional Hospital vaccination team and many members of our community from different agencies have been re that have been redeployed to assist with the incredible uh, healthcare vaccination project underway at St. Clair College at the Sportsplex. Hats off to David Moucher at Windsor Regional Hospital, Patty France and her team at St. Clair College, great colleagues and, and friends and leaders in our community. Um, that is absolutely the, the best thing that has happened in March after very difficult January and February where many of our clients passed away from COVID. Mm -hmm. Where does one go on a perfect road trip? Oh. <laughs> well, here's a little story I haven't shared with you. <laughs> My great-great-grandparents landed here in Ontario in the 1840s. 18, not 19, 18. 1847. And I think they came from Ohio, but originally were from uh, Scotland, England. And they landed on a parcel of land, about 125 acres, in Charing Cross, Ontario, which is a little town. I think the population is 400, just off the highway at Chatham, Chatham, Ontario. Okay. So yeah, go off the highway uh, at Chatham, make a couple turns, and you're there at our Bennett family farm. So I am the fifth generation Bennett, Bennett being my maiden name, of course on that land. My mother, who we just lost just before Christmas, was born in the farmhouse there at RR1 Charing Cross Road. Wow. We still have the farmhouse, my husband and I and children. 
We are the fifth generation to live on that land. My grandparents, great-grandparents, and great-great-grandparents were, were all farmers. <laughs> and uh, we still have the farmhouse, which turned 100 last year. It had its 100th birthday. My vision was that we would have a party, but because of the pandemic, we couldn't. Um, so the road trip would be from Windsor, uh, down old 98, Highway 46, 46, 46 in Windsor, Essex, old 98 middle line when you hit Kent County, mm -hmm. Sunday afternoon drive to the farmhouse to sit in the farmhouse, which we, we keep and use as a, a weekend sort of cottage property mm -hmm. and have coffee and sweets with my family where four generations of my family lived before us. So that's our road trip to Charing Cross, Ontario on a Sunday afternoon. And guess what, Cindy? We're doing just that this coming Sunday. <laughs> Yay! I was going to say 101. You can celebrate. I, I think it sounds better than 100th birthday. 101. Like If we can gather this summer, that's a great idea. I think we'll barbecue and uh, sweets are a must in, in my family. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. I'm, I'm hoping that we can gather this summer um, because this whole year has been we deserve it <laughs> we deserve we it do. everybody's talking about seeing their grandchildren people that have them friends and family of course and having some form of getaway holiday yes mm -hmm. i hear you there indeed so question number four if you can make a documentary about anything what would it be oh my hmm Well, I'd love a fulsome documentary on the history of the Alzheimer's Society of Windsor and Essex County with interviews of people from one and two generations ago and their involvement right from day one right up to, to today. If it could be done, I would just love that. It'd be magical. I think it could be done, too, because you have so much history on paper um, with, with all of this going on. We have on paper, but it'd be nice to hear people's voices that and have been storytelling yeah. yeah storytelling exactly perfect our last question what's the best piece of advice someone has ever given you mm. yeah that's a tough one <laughs> uh. mm. That's a really tough one, Cindy. There are three or four things going through my mind. Uh, one person told me once, talk less, listen more. And I asked the person, give me some advice. And obviously I'm a person who talks. <laughs> it, it wasn't meant in a negative way of talking less so much as it was to make sure you hear people's voices. And in our line of service here at the Alzheimer's Society, we have to hear each other's voices. We have to hear from a diverse perspective and an inclusivity. We, of course, at all times have to hear our clients' voices, what their needs are, how we can care for them, if we should be caring for them, what we've done well, certainly to celebrate our successes. And, you know, as we talked about earlier, we have four generations of people supporting the Alzheimer's Society here. We all come from different walks of life, with different perspectives and, and backgrounds. And that's where our strategic planning process over the, the last couple of years, our accreditation processes, we go forward, perhaps a new build in the community. 
We need to hear people's voices, hear what's said. So listen to the voices of others. On that note, Sally, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. I've learned a lot and I'm sure our community uh, will appreciate hearing about the history of the Alzheimer's Society. Um, my call to action for all of the listeners today, how can you help? Educate yourself and encourage others to do the same. Refer your circle of family and friends to our services. Support our events and fundraising campaigns. Become a dementia-friendly community. And most importantly, please keep talking about dementia. Listen to new episodes on the last Friday of every month on our YouTube channel, Alzheimer Windsor. Don't forget to subscribe. Help for today, hope for tomorrow. And remember, we are better together. Thank you so much, Sally. My pleasure. You did a fantastic job.